0: Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am Brian Peacock alongside the scout Matt Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. You can find this podcast and all the shows here on the network on all of your favorite podcast apps. We've got some news here to get into today. There's a couple of lingering Twitter questions that I hope we can fit in on today's program as well. And tomorrow we're going to have Luke Braun from locked on Vikings joining us talking about how their off season might look and how they're going to work to get under the cap and the salary cap. Matt seems to be something that every team is able to get under even, even, you know, no matter how bad the, the outlook seems to look, there's guys they can restructure. There's players that can be cut, um, was, talking on Twitter with a Jags fan after yesterday's show, and Marcel Darius is $20 million alone if they cut him, which (laughs) is insane. Yeah, and there's no chance that he's going to be sticking around. So um, these teams can find their way under the cap, and the cap is not quite completely fake, but it's not. remember the days where there was cap hell that teams were in, and they were just in so many problems, and teams having problems figuring out how to even sign enough players to get underneath the salary cap. I think those days are done and they've got this thing figured out and it keeps growing so much year to year. It's almost 200 million dollars now.
1: Yeah, that's the key. And with the new collective bargaining agreement, I expect it to, to grow even more. I mean, the betting money's going to come in and there'll be a lot. I mean, the league isn't hurting for money is the bottom line and these teams are much smarter now at navigating the cap. It's something to talk about in terms of who can be buyers and who can be, you know, who's not going to be really hitting the market heavy heavily but it's somewhat make-believe too, (laughs) you know, like you said, these guys know how to get around it, how to restructure, how to max out their credit card, push something down the, down the line. But I'm excited to talk Vikings tomorrow. So I'm going to kind of ignore that team today because they got a lot. They're, they're in a little bit of trouble cap wise, at least right now.
0: Yeah. Not looking good going into it. We'll see what they're able to do. If maybe Kirk cousins, they could do a long-term deal there with him. Uh, If they think that that's what they want to do, I think it'll be telling if they don't going into his last uh, season on his contract, which is already going to be up after 2020, which is hard to believe. But uh, let's talk about another quarterback here. Drew Brees announced officially via his Instagram account that he will for sure be back with the Saints in 2020, which is kind of as we expected.
1: Yeah. I'd say it's not earth shattering news, but it's so certainly noteworthy. I've said this many times. I thought the Saints, Niners, Ravens, and Chiefs were the best four teams in the league. Um, The offseason might change my opinion, but as it stands right now, I think they're one of the true, true contenders without a doubt. I mean, he is not signed with the Saints, but would anyone – I would be blown away much more so than even Brady if he changes teams. I mean, I think he returns. They got a good thing going. Maybe get him another receiver of prominence on the outside. They're an aggressive organization that wants to win now. And Breeze is always noteworthy. He's an all-time great, of course. But I think what's interesting is what will they do as his backup? You know, what kind of money is Taysom Hill going to demand? Um, could somebody look at him as a starter and a Lamar Jackson-type role? What's Bridgewater's demands on the open market? I mean, you're not going to have all three. And to my point, could this be a team that maybe grabs a Mariota or someone like that because we saw – they value backup quarterbacks more than most, and it really worked out for them this year.
0: Mariota, that'd be probably the best scenario for him to try to, yeah. you know, rekindle whatever. A three-year deal, yeah, something in his career. Knowing, especially if you know behind the scenes that maybe it's Breeze last year, and I don't want to put that out there because who knows. But if you're at the point where Breeze has to announce that he's coming back for another year, it makes me think, ah, maybe this could be the last year. I, you know, obviously, I, I would believe if the if the Saints were able to go walk off with a with a Super Bowl win, that would be it for Drew Brees. But the competitive fire in these guys, you never know, and maybe he'll just keep going. And, and so then it's hard for a player to go in and say, "Okay, I'll be the backup quarterback." There, we saw with Bridgewater. We've seen it with Hill. They, those guys want to get starting jobs on other teams. When it comes to Hill, I gotta believe his best situation is with the Saints, being that backup, being utilized on the field. He already knows how he can be used and get a chance to actually play. I think it's his best path to play. I don't think he's going to get a starting job anywhere. So to me, it's, it's Breeze and Hill, and that makes a lot of sense going forward, unless someone is, and he's a restricted free agent still, even though he's 29 right. years old, is Taysom Hill. So he's not going to be able to just go get a, a huge contract on the open market, which I don't think he would get anyway. But what was a little bit eye-opening here to me when I was looking at the headlines was that uh, ESPN reporting that Teddy Bridgewater is expected to have strong market and free agency and could land a multi-year deal paying him around $30 million per year, which sounds insane to me.
1: does sound insane to me. And a friend of mine, Jeremy Fowler, he used to cover the Steelers. And for the last couple of years, he's had the dorm room next to me in Latrobe, So I know Jeremy pretty well. He does a great job. I've had a beverage with him or two at night. But with all respect to Jeremy, this sounds very agent-driven, which a lot of this information is. I mean, if, if Schefter reports something or whomever, Often it comes directly from the agent, and I'm sure Teddy and his agent would gladly take $30 million a year. But um, I do think there'll be a market. Uh, in the end, though, it seems like there's more than 32 starting quarterbacks that are out there when you include maybe five first-rounders, the young guys from last year. I keep hearing Carolina for Teddy. I mean, I guess that would make some sense. I know we're going to talk Cam Newton here coming up. I don't love the guy, but I understand the allure. I mean, he's a quality NFL starting quarterback.
0: I like Teddy Bridgewater, but anything more than what he was for the Saints as a potential starter, someone to compete for a starting job, you're talking about thirty million dollars a year and give him a starting right. job, and you're you know you you wipe your hands clean. You're like, okay, good, we're done at quarterback for five years. He's not getting that deal. So this is absolutely an agent-driven uh, number at thirty million dollars, multi-year deal I just can't see that happening because I don't think he's going to be the first guy the teams go to and if you're not the first guy that means you're in the second third wave of free agency you're hanging out there for a little while and that's not where the 30 million dollar contracts come from
1: right right and I'm sitting here thinking you know I mentioned Carolina but what teams am I missing that would be very interested in Teddy Bridgewater and I thought hey Tampa played against them and if Winston moves on maybe he's a little cheaper version of Winston but He's not an Arians type big arm, drive the ball down the field, no risk it, no biscuit type guy. And I'm sitting there going, well, the Bears would love to have him, but I don't want Teddy throwing balls in windy Chicago in December. I mean, it just wouldn't be the style that I'm looking for for either one of those spots either. I mean, I'm sure he'll get a a bump, and I'm sure he'll get a shot to start somewhere, but I'm not seeing it. I mean, how about New England if Brady leaves? Okay, I mean, I can see that.
0: Yeah, but obviously the money's not going to be there. But I like those situations for him. Uh, I liked him where he was with the Saints. I like him with Brady potentially being a guy if Brady plays one more year there, or maybe if Brady moves on, he's someone that can compete. But all the positions I or all the teams I see Teddy Bridgewater going to and being a fit for, it's a competition position for him. It's not here's the job you're the guy for years.
1: Yeah, right. I just don't. Maybe Carolina, and that would be if they trade Cam and he's the guy, but that doesn't mean they don't draft Fields or you know somebody else next year.
0: Okay, I do want to get to Cam in the next segment yeah. here. There's a few other free agency notes here to get to as well coming up. Now that I'm thinking about it for a minute here, I do like Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. That That does make some sense yeah. here as far as the best – spot that he could come in and be a starter and get that opportunity from week one. If the, if the Panthers do move on from Cam Newton, but now there's a report from the athletic that Cam Newton is likely to pass his physical and be cleared for all football activities when that off season program starts up here in the spring.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see Teddy dumping it to McCaffrey, distributing it to Samuel and more, maybe add it to you know someone else to the mix as a receiver and, you know, being decent, um, I do think that team is very much in transition mode, very recent new owner, new coach, quarterback questions. I hope this news about Newton isn't agent-driven because really, who are you lying to? I mean, everyone's going to double-check your work. You know, It's not like it's going to boost his, his stock. Um, he's one of the biggest wild cards to me because I know people look at him and say, Carolina could cut him and save $19 million. Or they could trade him and sign and and save 19 million. Well, if he's healthy, 19 million for Cam Newton is a steal when Kirk Cousins is making 30. You know what I mean? Or if Bridgewater is going to make 25 or whatever. So I could see trading him opening up 19 million. I can't see cutting him. So would he fit with the Bears? Absolutely. Would he fit with Tampa? Absolutely. It's just how much stock do you put in his durability because he's such a different style of player?
0: And you should be able to trade a quarterback of Cam Newton's stature with a $19 million contract, right? So I yeah. don't even think a cut is really in the uh, in the cards. I would see a, a team like – I like that Tampa fit for him. Trade him down to Tampa, yeah. then maybe the Panthers – The division
1: usually doesn't work out. But right, yeah. You know Gosh, on paper, it does.
0: On paper, the team-wise, it works. I'd love Cam Newton potentially – Throwing the ball down the field with Bruce Arians' offense, I mean that that seems like a fit to me. But yeah, you're right. Trading him in the division, your franchise quarterback. That's yeah, that probably isn't going to fly. Uh, and then we saw we, the, we talked. The Bears
1: to, don't have any cap space, but that one makes a lot of sense. That's to what's me. tough. And with the what Bears. about Gruden in Vegas? Send Newton to Vegas.
0: Oh, I could see that. It's yeah, a lot of these a lot of these teams don't have a ton of cap room to add another big time starting quarterback. And they're already paying their own quarterback if you're trying to do a competition. That's why I was talking about with Bridgewater, bring him in for something cheap and get some competition. Uh, Someone like Mariota to try to get their career back on track. Those kind of things make sense, but unless you're going to completely get rid of the quarterback you do have and create a bunch of cap space, bears, uh, Raiders, it's really hard to envision them bringing in a big-time quarterback because there's just no room for two of those on an NFL roster unless one of them is really cheap.
1: Yeah, and and even like the Chargers, we know they're not going to bring back Rivers. I tend to think with their early pick, they're just going to go with Tyrod and a rookie. You know, I mean, would it be a terrible idea considering the weapons they have to go for Bridgewater or Newton or, you know, somebody along those lines, even make a play for Brady? Probably not, but I just get the feel that Carolina and – the chargers are more thinking about the young guys at that position.
0: And we talked about Ben Solak's mock draft. He had the Panthers moving all the way up to pick number three and drafting two attack of Ialoa. So there's mm-hmm. your heir apparent there with the Panthers. If they did go to the draft and they're sitting at pick seven, they're in a position where they're very likely going to have an opportunity to draft one of the top four quarterbacks uh, at some point in the draft. And
1: I think they're a really interesting team. I mean, because yeah. I, I really respect that ownership. I think they'll build it right. But I think it's going to be a slow build, kind of like the Bills were, just implementing a piece here and there every offseason, getting a little bit better, going from five wins to seven wins to nine wins. And two or three years from now, we might be like, wow, Carolina's really good. But I think there's going to be some lean years in the process. And I'm sitting here thinking, maybe you should trade McCaffrey if that's the case. You know I mean? Like, what's he going to be worth in three years? (laughs) that's a totally different situation. I mean, it's just been – it's been Keekly and Cam on each side of the ball for so long with Rivera as the head coach, and you might have none of the above.
0: New regime, new coach usually means new quarterback. I would not see, be surprised if they moved on. They've, they've tried that. They, they're they in a really good position to rebuild, but you're right. Their best player now, Christian McCaffrey, you don't rebuild with a, with a running back who's about to have a, a big contract coming his way, and it's just bad timing there with McCaffrey and where this team is is right now. There they are a fascinating team to watch in this offseason and it all starts with how they decide to play out the uh, the Cam Newton thing.
1: Right? And trading up for Tua like we talked about yesterday would be really expensive, but if they are in the mode that I'm talking about and you get a pick for Cam, that makes it a little more feasible. Kind of redshirt Tua and pick at the top of the draft next year as well or You roll the dice and hope you can get Lawrence or Fields or somebody like that. You know, I mean, keeping Lawrence in that area of the country would be a home run. That's a hard game to play, as the Dolphins found out. But um, I think that's kind of where the the Panthers are overall. And again, I mean, I'm the only one that I've heard talk about this. But if that's the mode, if you can get a first-round pick or two first-round picks for Christian McCaffrey, I mean, that might be the time to do it.
0: There are some other trade talks around the NFL going on right now, Matt. Darius Slay, one of the big ones. Detroit Lions are dangling him in trade. And according to Adam Schefter, multiple teams have talked with the Lions about a trade for the all-pro corner Darius Slay.
1: Well, here's what we know, that Patricia is a Patriot clone. Those are the two man-heaviest defenses in the league, basically. And Slay has been following number 1 receivers and doing it well. We also know the cornerback market, there hasn't been a big guy lately. You know, like Ramsey, Like if I was Ramsey's agent, you look at some of the big corner uh, signings lately, he's much better than them. Slay's much better than them. So I think that the market's about to change for the corner position, especially for these top guys. He's not young. I also think they're kind of an odd organization. I mean, you hear in rumblings that they're listening to Stafford and they're listening to Slay and made some moves during the year I didn't quite understand. And I think Patricia kind of you know, walks to the beat of his own drummer. But I look at it and think they're. The, – I've been saying this a lot about the Lions. And I really think the offense is basically in place with Stafford – with the group they have, carry on comes back. I like their receivers. I think Hawkinson can be a star that I would go all in with trading out of three, a pretty decent amount of cap space, keep Slay and build a defense this offseason. Maybe you have Slay and Acuna when it's all said and done. That sounds pretty good to me.
0: If I'm Matt Patricia, that's absolutely the way I want to go because if you have a few losing seasons back to back, then you don't have a job period. So you want to win now, you want to go for it. You have Matthew Stafford strike while the iron is hot there and let the next coach rebuild. So, uh, but it, from reports I've seen, Slay wants to, you know, he wants what over $15 million, $15.1 million is what Xavier Howard makes per year right now. So Slay, right. you are gonna have to pay him more than that and give up maybe a second or third round pick to the lions. If you're a team that needs a corner, are you willing to do that?
1: All right. Again, that's, it's not great business to, I mean, if he was a free agent and you decided to give him 16 million a year, okay, you know, you got a bunch of cap space, but when you got to pay twice for these guys, you know, yeah. you got to pay them and you got to pay serious draft capital. That's rough, man. I mean, like the Lions say, well, we're getting them off the books and we'll get a premium pick for them. I can understand that. It's not to the Khalil Mack level, but you and I have talked about this, like, you know Jamal Anderson. I forget who we were just talking about it recently. Even Khalil Mack getting traded the second time that, okay, if you're going to give me two firsts, I'm listening. But I'm not giving you two firsts and $16 million a year for Slay. I mean, if you're trying to think who I'd even talk about. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, would you give up your first and $15 million for Slay? I mean, it would have to be a great team.
0: Yeah, that would be Late a little bit first. more difficult. And if you're the Lions and you are able to get, say, a second-round pick – for slay and you're they're being mocked uh, a cornerback in the first round the best cornerback in this draft so if you're able to get a cheaper younger corner who's equally good get a draft pick back and not have to pay 15 million dollars for slay i can see that making sense on a a lot of levels for the lions
1: yeah i mean at at that price i'm listening i just don't know that you'll get it um and to our point yesterday with that the, the trade down I really don't think they'll make a pick at three, and I think they'll get a haul uh, for it. So when it's all said and done, they may end up with their early second, two firsts from Miami, a future second, another pick for Slay. You know, Mike Mel and Todd and those guys might be A-plus in the, the Lions draft when it's all said and done. And like I said, I would be all defense.
0: Yeah, and then you get Jeffrey Okuda still potentially at pick five even after you move down or pick him at three, then uh, yeah, that it starts to make some sense there for the Detroit Lions, but it's really hard to rebuild sort of half-assed, right? It's hard, it's hard to rebuild and be good at the same time. It's like you go right. for it or let, let's get this thing going and get better sooner by rebuilding faster, and those are the two ways I like to do it. You don't want to be in that purgatory where you just okay every year and you limp along and... You never get over that hump, and that's my worry for where the Lions are right now.
1: Yeah, and one note I wanted to make yesterday just kind of dawned on me now, though, is I know every mock on the planet goes Burrow young, and then then it becomes a draft. I just think Tua's value in these next couple of weeks by the general public might rise exponentially that they look at him as a guy that competes with Burrow for first overall pick and could end up going second, not to Washington, but to somebody. I mean, if Goff and Wentz, if Winston and Mariota, if those guys go top two, I don't know why Tua and Burrow can't, and it's not like Washington couldn't use the picks. And then I'm the Lions, and then I just run to the podium for Chase Young.
0: And I think it was McShea who said today that if it wasn't for the injury, he would have Tua still as the number one quarterback. And I wouldn't have been yeah, shocked yeah. if multiple teams still had Tua number one As you know, because it was like right as Burrow was doing amazing things, unprecedented things on the college level Tua also got hurt. So those things, you know, kind of happened at the same time and collided And Burrow became this no doubt number one overall pick. But it's easy to forget that not that long ago, it was all about Tua was number one tanking for Tua. And that was a done deal at the number one overall pick. And I would not be shocked if he gets a full bill of health, if there are some teams that still like Tua more than Burrow.
1: yeah. And think how the scouting process goes, too. I mean, Tua hasn't played football in a long time, so the scouts have put down their pen on him. I mean, a long time ago and they had a really high grade on him on his football acumen. You know what I mean? Like that didn't change. If he's a nine out of 10, he's still a nine out of 10 and you got to decide you got to weigh the, the, you know, the health and all those things. But the scouts that went into Bama and did all the work on him, I'm sure have very high grades on them.
0: All right, let's get to a couple more bits of news that concern the Denver Broncos and Arizona Cardinals. One player, On the market, one player off. Coming up. So Darius Slay might hit the trade market, but another cornerback might hit the open market, and that is Denver Broncos corner Chris Harris. Uh, He said he believes the Broncos are going to let him walk and test that open market.
1: Again, not super surprising. I mean, he's up in age. Denver is rebuilding. I mean, he's still pretty darn good though. I mean, I I guess they probably, if you're Denver, maybe you would rather get the comp pick, the third round pick a year from now, the big money that he would cost use elsewhere and, and splatter it around your, your roster a little bit more, as opposed to investing in one big fish just because of his age and the age of your quarterback. And, you got to look at the Chiefs and be like, man, we're way way behind those guys in the division right now. So let's get more around lock at this point. So I can understand that. Um, a great slot corner, that really a great career to be honest with you. One of the better corners of this generation, and I think he'll be pretty highly sought after. You know, kind of like we talked about Slay. If you're a contender, man, I'll I'll take Chris Harris
0: and i'm sure he'll be asking for that 15 million dollars a year too. He turned down a yeah. two-year 25 million dollar contract, which is probably why the broncos are saying, "Well, that was, you know, that's about as much as that's we're willing to do, offer man. you, so we're going to have to let you walk now." And you could potentially have Slays availability, Chris Harris on the market and then Byron Jones too. So If you're a team, you're looking at these three players, you're thinking, okay, we've got sort of a a pick your flavor situation. And I got to believe if you have the opportunity to just sign Byron Jones or Chris Harris, that makes a lot more sense to a general manager than trading and then giving big money to Slay.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. It makes those two a lot more attractive when you factor in age and upside. I I don't think most listeners would agree with me, but I would take Jones over all three of of the three. You know, I think he's a great young player with man skills and a lot of versatility. And also we talked about Akuna. It sounds like he's clearly the number 1 corner, but I've heard a lot of people say that there's a wealth of late first, top 50, top 60 type overall corners. So the draft is pretty rich at that position too, and it doesn't seem like a lot of people are talking about it.
0: So many teams target the slot super heavily now and someone like Chris Harris makes a lot of sense. I like his ability to play everywhere on the field and really help out and cover those slot receivers. And Byron Jones is absurdly athletic, but he's more of a linear athlete, more explosive in a straight line, uh, maybe fits a little bit better in those cover three type schemes. So that's something else. It depends on what kind of scheme you run on defense, which cornerback you're going to like in free agency.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, Harris's versatility, he has... I mean, a lot of veteran savvy, I would think you'd be a really good influence in your locker room, Uh, an elite slot guy, but can do more. Of course, Jones is the the athletic freak, slays your man, press man, come down, follow your number one dude around. Um, So we'll see. I mean, but the corner market is everyone's talking quarterbacks, of course. And it's, you know, the middle of February, but the corner market's pretty interesting, too.
0: One player who will not be a free agent is offensive tackle DJ Humphries who the Arizona Cardinals just re-signed to a 3-year, $45 million contract.
1: Yeah, this is kind of housekeeping season. You know, the the Browns just released a handful of dudes. You're going to see that all throughout the league, you know. I mean, we mentioned guys like Darius and Xavier Rhodes those obvious cuts are going to happen soon and that does the player a favor too. get them out on the market you know let everyone know that they have the time to shop their wares and people are going to start resigning their own too but three year 45 million with 29 million guaranteed and If you would have told me that's a contract that DJ Humphries would have signed, if you told me that a year ago that, boy, he's going to have a year that he's going to get $29 guaranteed, I'd be like, wow. I mean, he (laughs) he screamed first-round bust the first couple years in the league. And some of that with health-related and new scheme helps, I think. So I do think he's coming into his own. It's a little bit of a buyer beware, and I also think it's a – a little bit of foreshadowing of these tackles are going to be highly sought after oh, you know man. we've talked a lot of draft about these top four or five they may go a little higher than people think too and hey it's it's nice to be an offensive tackle that isn't horrible in the NFL right now
0: that's a great point and it's crazy that Humphreys is going to be the what the third highest paid annually at 15 million dollars a year offensive tackle in the NFL and uh, so many teams it just goes to show you everybody needs an offensive tackle the offensive line is so important and so many teams need that and guys that might be hitting the free agent market some veterans that might be in line for a big payday for a short-term deals like Andrew Whitworth and um, Even Jason Peters Jason I was about Peters, to mention yeah. Whitworth
1: and Peters those guys are like my age and I mean Whitworth was good last year I mean, they might be Hall of Famers. You might be able to get another year out of them at a reasonable buck and, you know, plug them in and have them be a good influence and all those type of things.
0: I, I'm definitely calling the the agents of those two guys if I need an offensive tackle this offseason. And even with drafting a guy, offensive tackle can take some time. The, the hit rate is not fantastic in the draft. Mm-hmm. This is True. a very good draft in the middle of the first round, but um, those guys can still play at a high level for, you know, one or two-year contracts. I like that, especially overpaying someone like D.J. Humphreys $15 million a year. If, if it, was, but it just goes <laughs> right, to show right. you how much in need the league is of offensive tackles.
1: I mean, that, with all respect to D.J. Humphreys, and I hope he works out well, and I respect for that organization, and they need every lineman they can get. We may have the conversation a year from now, cap casualty, D.J. Humphreys. You know
0: what I mean? Right, But and they they can still draft a couple of offensive linemen, too. They need yeah. the help, so they're they're not in a situation where they're throwing away offensive tackles.
1: No, not at all. They they really need everything, and I still stand by that. Their probably best approach is get a bookend for Humphreys in round one, and then Jalen Rager or someone like that in the second round. Tomorrow not a good we're gonna... defense is stacked either. <laughs> <laughs> good point.
0: Still a lot of needs there in Arizona on the defensive side of the ball as well. We got to talk Vikings tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Yeah, have we have fun. Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings joining the show. And we will continue hitting you five days a week through the offseason next week. The Combine, Matt, will be on site in Indianapolis. It's going to be a lot of fun getting close to free agency and the draft right here, Locked on NFL.